Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, this is At The Helm Sports. I'm your host, Derek Helm. Thank you for joining me for episode 69. Please be sure to follow and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave those five-star reviews. This week, we'll be quickly recapping the Masters, and then we'll dive into my favorite plays for the RBC Heritage. So if we just go right into the Masters, had a good week. In DraftKings, actually got to sweat one out and ended up coming in second by only three points, thanks to Jason Tay and his plus eight on Sunday, but didn't really actually get to watch a lot of the beginning of the final round with Easter, was just running around like a maniac. When I finally got the check, I saw that Day was plus eight, got pissed off because saw that Kepka was also out of the lead and and those two guys I, I definitely needed, but... Got home probably with about eight holes left to play and and got to sweat it out. And it was very, very enjoyable down the stretch, even though no one was able to really push Rom. And I would have won more money if Kepka would have won. Still happy to see Rom win and, and good for him, you know, playing through the terrible weather and just no matter what, he did not falter. And it would have been nice to see someone maybe push him a little bit more on Sunday, but still can't take anything away from the tournament as a whole. It was great. Obviously, Spieth and Mickelson had their runs on, on Sunday, but they weren't really catching Rom at any point. But he, he established himself as one of the greats, and he he clearly could have a couple more majors in, in his history or future. So, Definitely like to see that, and it, it was definitely interesting, the live dynamic and, and PGA. You know, you had two of the best guys on both tours going at it. So really, you couldn't have asked for any more on that front. Obviously, Rory wasn't able to get it done, missed the cut. I, I actually was very underweight on him, so really didn't bother me too much. But still, it would have been interesting to see Rory there with some of the live guys, but he, he did not look good at all and obviously he's withdrawn this week for the RBC so we'll have to see what's going on with him but overall thought the Masters was great obviously we had a couple arguments on on the podcast about whether the live guys are are playable or which ones to play but a a lot of them actually came out and and showed well so it's going to be interesting going into the next major I'm I'm sure they're probably actually going to get a little bit inflated ownership wise because of that so that'll be something to to take a look at down the road but anyways we can move on now masters is over a lot of people probably have a masters hangover so it it could be interesting this week from a golfer standpoint you know don't know how the masters affected them and now coming into an elevated event right after could be very interesting and dfs players as well you know you you got big big pressure going into the masters and and everybody's excited and Sometimes there's a little fatigue the next week. The fact that it is such a strong field, maybe that won't be the case, but I I think we could actually catch some people slipping here, and they might actually just be kind of picking on certain guys, and and ownership might be really condensed in some spots, so we'll definitely go through all of that. But if we dive into the RBC Heritage, it is played at Harbortown Golf Links in Hilton Head, South Carolina. It's a Pete Dye-designed 7,100-yard par 71 with Bermuda greens. There are 11 par 4s, 3 par 5s, and 4 par 3s. The par 5s obviously play as some of the easiest holes on the course, and the par 3s are all over 190 yards and and play a little bit more difficult. Now, off the tee this week, golfers will have to deal with tight tree-lined fairways. There are thick woods, bunkers, and water, so errant tee shots could absolutely destroy a round. And the course really forces a lot of layups and emphasizes strategy and angles. 
a lot more than power. Some some holes, it's better to be in the rough on one side than in the fairway on the opposite side. So having a, a little bit of history here and an idea of, of what to do with this course definitely goes a long way. So you'll definitely want to look at course history at Harbortown. But as I said before, power really doesn't matter too much. Driving distance is basically an afterthought here with, with driving accuracy really mattering quite a bit. But average drive only comes in at 268 yards yards which is lowest on tour about 66% of drives find the fairway and and a lot of that might be because a lot of guys are hitting less than driver so accuracy is up a little bit but as we said just being in fairways here isn't really going to get it done as for the greens they are some of the smaller on tour GIR percentage is only 57%, so there's going to be a lot of missed greens, and around the green and scrambling come into play quite a bit. Now, scrambling is a little bit easier here because of how small the greens are. You know, even if you miss a green, you probably are only still a couple feet away or or maybe 15 feet away from the the actual pin. So around the green's a little bit easier here than, than at many courses, but still will be a lot of missed greens here. Now, the tournament generally comes down to who's hitting their irons well and making putts. And approach shots from 175 to 200 yards make up about a quarter of all approach shots. And then you will see some of those other mid-irons, mid, mid irons, about 150 to 175. So definitely want guys that, that can strike the irons well, good on approach, and, and can hit some short putts. And, and that's going to go a long way this week. The stats I'm looking at, key stats, definitely want approach, good drives gained, a little bit of course history, some around the green, and I, I think maybe bogey avoidance too because this course can play a little bit difficult. The cut was plus one last year. 2021 a little bit lower, minus one. 2020 was minus three, but then plus one and plus one again in 2019 and 2018. So definitely got to take a lot into account this week because really a lot of these guys actually do have a chance here more than most places with it being a shorter course and being a lot more strategic a lot more guys come into play so if we dive right into the players it's going to be interesting this week to see what people do with John Rahm coming off of a Masters win you know people might maybe think he's not too motivated or or maybe he just partied his ass off and, and isn't really coming in here to win this thing but if that's going to be the case Yeah, maybe it's a concern, but if he's only going to be like 10% owned, sign me up. I will play plenty of ROM. 11,100 is a pretty high price, but it's John ROM, and especially if he's coming in low owned, I I am all over that, and there's plenty of value in this field. Also like Scotty Scheffler, now T to green, striking and amazing, was was great T to green at the Masters, just really couldn't hit a putt, but looked a lot better on Sunday and, and kind of turned it around, so I definitely think this is a place that he could do some damage, so I'll definitely be playing some Scheffler as well. As far as Spieth goes, obviously he won here last year, seems to be a good fit for the course, did make some comments that are a little bit discouraging, saying he's been playing a lot and kind of needs some time off, but... He's here. He's showing up. I'm going to expect him to play. I've actually made an outright on him at 22 to one guy already won last year. And and really after this, he can take off time. So I'm fine going with him. I do think with the outright, I may not play him in DraftKings just because there's so many guys up here up top that I like. But I I would have no problem if you wanted to go to speed there. But as I said, I have made the out outright already. 
Next, Patrick Cantlay, slowest player in the world, 10,300. I I do think he's going to be one of the more popular players this week, possibly even the most popular. Just has a good history here, been playing very well. The finish at at the Masters was good, and really, he just couldn't make a putt on on Sunday. Otherwise, he probably actually had a chance to, to make a run at Rom. So I do expect him to be quite popular, 10,300. I will probably only use him in single entries and some smaller field stuff. And any 20 max or any larger GPPs, I will be staying away from him. Colin Morikawa will be my highest owned golfer. I just, I love what he's doing so far this year. Clearly, he he could have won. We can keep harping on that. You know, lost to Rom earlier this year, kind of choked it away, the 10-stroke lead, but... Overall, I, I love Morikawa. Came 26th place here last year, 7th in 2021. His game is definitely a fit for Harbortown. First in good drives gained, second in strokes gained approach over the last 50 rounds. He's actually 10th in par 4 scoring and 4th from 175 to 200 yards over the last 24 rounds. So definitely fine with Morikawa, and I'll be playing quite a bit of him. Next, I, I just can't play everyone up here. And it scares me because of how well they've been playing. But I don't know if I'm going to be playing Victor Hovland or Cam Young. It's it's kind of scary to say that. You know, Hovland obviously played well last week at, at the Masters and didn't really play well enough to get it done in the end. But he, he was still good. And I just don't know if, if I want to play him at a little bit elevated ownership. Cam Young as well, I think he'll be even more highly owned. So... Cam Young obviously played well here last year, came third, played pretty good at the Masters himself, but even though he's good off the tee, he's actually 101st in good drives gained over the last 50 rounds, so maybe the accuracy off the tee bites him a little bit, and the greens are small, he's he's only 94th around the green over the last 24 rounds, so just poking a little bit of holes in him, I, I just really would rather go up to Morikawa or go down to Finau. So that that's really what I'm looking at in, in that range. I don't think that I can play all these guys. So I, I'd rather go Finau and Xander and really even home at a low ownership than, than probably Cam Young and Hovland, maybe famous last words, but that that's where I'm at so far right now. So I, I will be playing Finau, Xander, Homa. I like Justin Thomas as well. So it's tough. He's he's going to be pretty high owned. He is just so mispriced here, eight thousand nine hundred, but probably going to have to sprinkle him in as well. And I absolutely love Sung J M. Actually, was very close to making an outright on him at forty to one, but by the time I got around to doing it, it had dropped significantly and has dropped even more since. So didn't get the bet in on him, but absolutely love him for DraftKings, eight thousand six hundred. I I just think that his game fits this place very very well, and and he could do a lot of damage here. Now, same goes for Tom Kim. Shorter course, I I think plays into his strengths. Great on approach. He's good with the good drives gain, 10th over the last 50 rounds, good at bogey avoidance. So I, I think if he can make some putts on these small greens, he, he could do very, very well here. Shane Lowry, 8,300. Great history here. It, it's going to be interesting to see what his ownership comes in at. I, I just, if he's getting up around 25%, I might actually fade him. I've made an outright on him already. 
at 37 to one. I just, I, I do love his game for around here. It's just kind of sketchy if he's getting that high of ownership. So I'd be fine going down to Hatton instead of him or possibly even Fleetwood. Now these guys have kind of similar strengths in, in some aspects and, and, I think that you could get an ownership discount with the two of them. So I'm, I'm going to be really heavy on a lot of guys up top and then probably really, really hone in down here a little bit lower on, on certain guys just to get as much, much exposure to the, the top of the field as possible and, and then just hope my guys come through for me down here and then should be sitting pretty. So I do like Russell Henley quite a bit. He played well last week, came fourth at the Masters, previously 19th at the Players, third in good drives gained, 14th in opportunities gained, 16th in bogey avoidance over the last 50 rounds. And he missed the cut three times here, but came ninth in 2021, and and Bermuda is by far his best putting surface. So I do think Henley actually could do pretty well here at, at some pretty low ownership. I also like Justin Rose. Shocker. I I just think he's been playing so well lately that it just makes too much sense to go to him. 7,700 is a good price. I have also made an outright on him at 66 to 1 and also have a top six each way on that. So love Justin Rose. He's played well this year. Came 16th at the Masters, 36th at the Valspar. Sixth at the players, obviously one at Pebble Beach, so so some good form coming in. Fifth in bogey avoidance and tenth in good drives gained over the last 24 rounds. So like where his game is at. Siwoo Kim, Pete Dye specialist, 7,600 will absolutely be on him as well. I do like Wyndham Clark, 7,600. Probably won't play a ton of him, but definitely will be mixing him in. He's fourth in bogey avoidance over the last 50 rounds, 12th in opportunities gained. So he's given himself opportunities to score while avoiding bogeys at the same time. So definitely like that. I do think you could possibly sprinkle in Minwoo Lee a little bit this week. Didn't look good last week at the Masters, obviously, which I I was pretty high on him. But he does hit a driving iron and, and he's able to shape his shots and strategies going to go a long way around here and if he can get creative and hit his spots I think he could actually have a little bit of a bounce back so 7,400 he's he's low enough and and will be low owned you really don't need a lot on him to get overweight so I think you could sprinkle him in there I'm also willing to take a chance on Webb Simpson 7,400 a lot of these guys down in this price range you, you can poke holes in but He's got a great tracker record at, at the RBC Heritage, one in 2020, and has only missed the cut once here in 13 appearances. He gained the most strokes at Harbortown over the last five years of, of anyone, and second most strokes on Pete Dye courses over the last 50 rounds. So seems like a good fit. He, he's been playing much better recently, finished seventh at the Valspar and, and 24th at Arnold Palmer. So showing some life, some great course history, good Pete Dye record so i'm playing webb simpson as well next we have jt poston 7300 fourth most total strokes gained at harbortown over the last five years so definitely like that he missed the cut in 2021 but has top 10 finishes in all three of his other appearances here so came third place last year so poston seems to like the place and he's been okay this year finished 21st 21st and, and sixth and then 
it, it's been interesting. So not the greatest 2023 so far, a couple missed cuts, but he did have that sixth place and a couple top 25. So I, I'm willing to go there. Also, I will be playing Ben Martin, 7,100. He, he's going to be interesting because I think the stats say to play him, and I don't know how many people are really going to go here, but I, I'm willing to take a chance. I don't think he'll be too high-owned, so 7,100 I, I think is fine for him. Made the cut six of eight times that he's played here, and and third place is his best finish back in 2014 so fine with him good history he's actually fifth in good drives gained 12th on approach 13th in par 4 scoring over the last 24 rounds so like some Ben Martin and then down in the sixes gets a little sketchy before we get to sixes I will I'll play Justin Suh 7,000 I think he's fine and maybe sprinkle in a little Mackenzie Hughes small greens could actually be kind of good around here so uh, I'm fine with him and then in the sixes I really don't like a lot Tyler Duncan is actually first in good drives gained over the last 24 rounds so been been pretty good off the tee I think it's 6,800 he's he's okay if you want to sprinkle him in a little bit I, th- I think for the most part you really shouldn't have to go down this low there, there's plenty in the lower sevens so I, I think there's enough value spread out across the pricing that really coming down here would probably be to your, your detriment. But maybe some Higo. He's not at a bad price at 6700 He's He's shown some flashes this year. But that's really all I'm looking at down at the bottom. And that's that's pretty much all I got for this week. So if we recap the bets real quick, I have Spieth at... 22 to 1. I have Morikawa at 20 to 1. I have Lowry at 37. And then Justin Rose, which is 66 to 1 with the top six each way. So that's where I'm going so far this week. Really want to look at the ownership of of a couple of these guys. But for the most part, like I said, I'm going to be really hammering the top of the board, playing as many of those guys as possible, and then just honing in on on the lower price guys and, and hoping that they hit and and whoever hits at the top we we can maybe win a tournament this week and not come second and at least Jason Day is not here to go plus 8 and ruin my weekend so got that going for us but anyways I thank everyone that is listening and has been reading the content especially last week for the masters was a huge uptick in, in listenership and, and readers so thank you everyone Greatly appreciated if you are joining for the first or second time. The way this podcast really works a lot is I will have guests on. Mainly it's for the larger tournaments and the majors. And then I kind of give a a quick breakdown of of my thoughts and bets for DraftKings and and everything for the week just solo. So that's what this week was. And hopefully we got enough information out there to help you guys win some money. But as always, thank you for listening. Be sure to check out progolfnow.com. You can check out all my write-ups over there and also thehelmsports.com for my hardcore parkour. That's my core four plays, DraftKings ownership, fades, and pivots. So check that out also. Thank you for listening. And that's going to do it for this week. And remember, Stefan out there.